for it. Welcome back to the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake coming live from Chicago, Illinois, from my basement, or aka the international studios of Key in the Lake. Today we are having a good hair podcast, <laughs> not uh, coined by me, but one of the two gentlemen sitting in front of me, I'm not sure which one it was, it might have been somebody else on the internet after the first podcast that us three ever recorded together. The original naming of the podcast, who knows. But I do know that I have Wilson Torres sitting with me today. Hey, young world. Market manager for Castle and Key, original founder of Key in the Lake. I had nothing to do with it, (laughs) and it was all him. Exactly. And also with us today is Chris, the urban bourbonist Blanter. Ever heard of him? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you both could be here today. Excited. Are you very excited? I am. I missed you guys. Didn't have a podcast last week for the first time in a while? Yeah, what happened? We just needed to Life. Life. <laughs> yeah, life happened. Which just, I think is fabulous that you took a took a day off. Like I'll, week I'll off, fix that for you. Um, no, it wasn't even intentional. I just, uh, the happened? bosses were in town last week oh, for, oh, the, right for the Australian now. outfit and just uh, didn't get a chance to record anything. I don't know if we had anything on the books either to record, so... Oh. Here we are. Yeah, after that uh, episode that was ever at Warehouse, I was like, okay, cool. Part two's got to come up pretty quick. So I was anticipating that this last week. and then Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know why, Wilson, but I cannot hear you on your microphone. Ugh. I heard that. So <laughs> so strange. Something to do with you or just your voice. Not is really it, sure. Is it maybe something here? Oh, it also help if I had my headphones plugged in. Oh. <laughs> you know. Sometimes when you have to be not, the uh, the host and the engineer, well, the audio engineer, you never know what's going to happen. You are a very multi-talented individual. Not really. Just uh, just YouTube everything I know. Find the answers there. That's all we can do. YouTube, you know. What a part of that conversation from uh, Warehouse Liquor with uh, our good friends Eric, Zach, and Callum were you most looking forward to getting into? Because uh, I have a topic of in mind. Well, Fab, um... I just really, I dug the fact that Zach was very curious as to what each of mm. you did. He's got, I mean, he has one side, and then we obviously face him from the other. So it, it'd be, I'm curious to know what questions he had and or what comments he, you know, had to share. Right. Um, Callum comes in f- pretty in, pretty hot, so. Usually. I <laughs> ha- so I fucking don't ever know what the hell he's trying to say or anything. <laughs> With uh, I don't think I've heard, I s- heard I from him since that, that podcast, so I hope he's okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> oh, really? You haven't heard from him since? I think so. He, he's shit. very silent in our, uh, we have a uh, fantasy premier soccer league group oh, chat. he's not very, uh, and he hasn't, usually he's one of the more active people in it, and he hasn't also signed up for our fantasy league oh, yet this year, which oh, starts wow. in two days, so, <laughs> shit. yeah, who knows what's happening well, with Callum. Hopefully the Rest brothers, in peace. He, I hope he's fine. <laughs> um, maybe he's in love, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I just. I think he's in love with somebody new every week. It's possible. Mm. I mean, considering what you're doing for a living and where you do it throughout, you know, it's possible. You meet a lot of different individuals, I'm sure. Um, one thing, though, too, I've always enjoyed listening to Eric talk, too. Um, Eric's very, uh, just very um, smart, very insightful, very um, concise um, when he talks about our industry. And I love the perspective that he's he sets boundaries. I don't think I've know anyone that has set the type of boundaries that he has set in our profession and what we do so all kudos to him especially you know obviously his partner in life his wife um you know also being part of the industry how they're they kind of keep each other on their toes which i love that dynamic about them um 
but um and then of course jay you're always very open and very um poetic in what you share um and then but zach was kind of yeah just he he just had a lot of i i I know he has a lot of more questions to ask maybe some commentary to share so curious to hear more about that me too yeah and the single barrel thing that's the topic of conversation today that we that Chris and I were talking about. Oh no shit! Yeah, the topic of conversation. <laughs> okay. Single barrels. <laughs> One question is: Is single barrels dead? Ah, or well, are I hope single not. barrels dead? I hope not. Um, I, I feel they're changing. I think is the, the first answer. The single barrel is changing the way we approach whiskey, but whiskey's not changing because it's coming. Uh, the way the way we're presenting it may be is. Um, but it, I feel it depends on what brand you ask. For us, it's not the mainstream, you know. But um, it is an insight to more of our craft, mm. you know, and not so much our status. And Interesting. In our intentions. What do you mean? It's more in your craft. So, are you only making enough? Do you think your brand's only making enough for a very select number of customers, versus just making having? Technically, any any barrel you have in your warehouse could be a single barrel. Technically, yeah. Or are you just al- are you allocating a certain number out to the country? We're only so we're not allocating. We we don't have a set number. The program is is put in place to reward those uh, those those relationships we've established since our coming to market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we do pull and 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 offer as single barrel selections. Uh, per year is based on what bar- which barrels are ready. We just can't say, all right, we're going to do a thousand. Like to Eric, he did fucking 900, you know, single yeah. barrels a year. That's fucking ridiculous, you know? I feel like I say this on every podcast now. <laughs> yeah, just, I, I don't understand what that means. I, I don't either. What does that look like? That looks like one brand, like one regional brand's year in sales. For yeah. Some, you know what I'm saying? I mean, when you put it into perspective. At Union Horse, that's what we did the last year I was there. 900 it, cases. In Illinois. We had 900, sorry, 900 cases in Illinois. But as far just as... Just not, yeah, not the whole brand. Just, not the whole brand. It, yeah, just but Illinois. just, I'm like, holy shit, you know, like... Right, but that was like zero cases to 900 cases in, th- what, three years? Uh, two years. Two years? Yeah, so it's like, it's like, holy shit, you know, but, but you know, when you put it in perspective that way, but what is the purpose behind it? Is it... Fulfilling requests, you know, is it fulfilling dreams, fulfilling notches or dreams, you know, lists on, you know, retailers or uh, whiskey groups, wish lists and whatnot. You know, for us, it's not if we have if if we go through our tasting, uh, you know, process, you know, as we check in on barrels and deem one single barrel ready or single barrel worthy, I should say. Then we'll put it aside, and at the end of the year, if we have twenty, that's all we're that's all we're doling out is twenty. Yeah, we're not in the business to make single barrels. No one is, but you know, it's become an anomaly. So I am. I feel like it's, <laughs> and I don't know. You guys know better than me, but I feel like for some brands, it's become. I realize what a huge pain they are to to uh, administer, but it also seems like it's a it's got to be a pretty big boost when you sell 30 cases at once or whatever whatever it is for a sale when you do a a single barrel Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's probably become a significant portion of some brands like 
obviously if castle and key is only potentially doing 20 to you know 30 a year depending on what you have available yeah that's probably not that huge of a deal to Mm -hmm. compared to everything else that you guys are selling and doing but i feel like maybe some of the smaller brands i can think of a few uh, craft brands that like that's all they do it seems like is they sell Mm -hmm. a single barrel to somebody and like that's their whole model so if single barrels are dead or are dying that's gonna potentially have a huge impact on some of these smaller brands that are relying on those Mm -hmm. for you know a significant portion of their sales um i feel like from my perspective just being a a consumer and buying single barrels Mm -hmm. they aren't dead but they are certainly diminishing like i'm personally not interested in buying every single barrel that i can like before i was that's like all i was seeking out like i wanted you know a single barrel from you name it everybody yeah if you had a brand on the back of your shelf like i need a single barrel of them next yeah exactly and now i'm like and and especially with you know the prices the the way they are it's like i'm not going to be adding Mm -hmm. every single finished you know, single barrel that everybody's coming out with to my shelf because it's just, it's just not possible to drink all of those. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, so I think first off we hit a plateau somewhere in the last 12 to 18 months, I would say of the single barrel craze. Mm -hmm. And we're definitely descending. We're not on the back end of single barrels. Like you'll say the back end of like your, your career where you're still like 90% of who you were. It feels like we're a lot lower than that yeah. when it comes to single barrel sales, saying you're in the back end of it, mm-hmm. where every brand, like we personally at Star Wars, we're building our our brand, not not intentionally, but just coincidentally, more consequently, because that was the driver over COVID, mm-hmm. because we sat online, we did Zoom calls, we did whiskey classes on Zoom, we did IG Lives, which... Sunday Night Fights, give them a ring. Chris, yeah, Urban Bourbonist, and uh, Mikey, the Bourbon Rye Club, harassed yeah, them about bringing that back. fun thing back at least at least once a month. Yeah, maybe yeah. once every six I'm weeks. I'm for it. I'm for yeah. it. Yeah, when there's not a good Sunday Night Football game on this fall, like it's <laughs> always a good excuse to get to come downstairs and watch that and act like I'm watching football when I'm really just watching Instagram. <laughs> um, but it's it for us. It was oh, this is like catching fire because yeah. people, you know, they would taste our stuff and we'd have a single barrel like in the taste in the tasting kits that we built and yeah. people, then this group we were doing the tasting with, like, oh, do you have more single barrels? Like we do. Like that was my personal job with the brand was to drive that growth and that recognition of the brand as an advocate online essentially because we couldn't go anywhere else and do it. Um, and we sold, I, I mean, dozens of single barrels across the entire country, opened new markets with a single barrel, which I wouldn't suggest you doing as a brand. <laughs> oh, you mean entering with it one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not probably worth it. <laughs> even if you have like a, if you, if you have an, an established club and some retailers are behind you, it's, it's, if you don't have the market research done to actually drive your, your main core brand, uh, main core SKUs, then I would suggest not doing it. I'll put it okay. that way. Because that's all like it, you're, it's like a one and done and yeah. that's it. It's like the brand caught fire. It, it struck a match pretty much. And you have like these, like for us, I'll give you an example of Kansas city. We had a club, uh, the whiskey guild, Kansas city whiskey guild. Is that right? I think, yeah. Yeah. I think it Kansas sounds right. Yeah. Actually their barrels right here. We could look, I can't read it though. Um, <laughs> I think that's theirs. Is that it theirs? 
Anyway. So, yeah. Kansas yeah. City Whiskey Guild. Yeah. So we, they became Star Wars fans. They had some people that were interested in Star Wars before they even asked about doing anything with us. Um, and they have a pretty big, big active audience. So they bought a single barrel and went down there, had a launch party for it, got in with a couple of retailers that wanted to split the barrel, I believe. Can't remember the whole story. But yeah, it was like, cool. We had this like little pocket of people that like Star Wars, but there's only one whiskey out there to buy like they can't even go buy twofold of nova or other other whiskeys so it's not the best method of building a brand on the back of a single barrel or a single barrel program because even what eric will say and i hope i'm not speaking out of turn i'm pretty sure he talked about this on the podcast how his job became so so single barrel focused that they've really not put enough attention into the on-premise where now that like that's his main focus and area of concentration is all right cool we have all these single barrels out in the country we've done really well in the off-premise but like are we building the brand in in bars and restaurants at all so um there is there's consequences to be had when you rely on a single barrel program in the off-premise and then guess what bars and restaurants two years later are back in back into business and they're not going to have the affordability to buy a single barrel as um or take the chance on a single barrel from a smaller brand like ourselves um as the off-premise will because they have the storage they have the space they have the reliability yeah they, they also have the probably the relationship with a distributor who's like oh yeah these guys will bring in like 10 to 15 cases at a time every two weeks or you know it'll be basically out of my warehouse in six weeks put it that way yeah versus an on-premise location um great place here in chicago is like i want to buy a single barrels from you guys i'm like would you guys do like a quarter barrel I'm like yeah, absolutely. He's like, how many cases is that? I'm like, that's still 10 cases, maybe 12. And he's like, I just physically don't have the space for it. Yeah. And like, we aren't doing a single barrel at one of the best bars and restaurants, whiskey places in Chicago because they physically don't have the case, the, the space to hold the cases. Yeah. It's like, there is like, their space is like literally behind their staircase, which is secret and no one knows about. Yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> it's not behind there. Um, but, but uh, yeah, no, go ahead. No, but I, I feel with the single barrel thing with depending on the brand my question is what is it that you're buying actually as a single barrel um from the consumer perspective or from the retailer i mean what's the where 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 ultimately is that source of whiskey coming from so if you know we're entering our sixth full year of production the oldest barrels we have currently you know are about the same age (laughs) you know um, so for us, single barrels are now just coming along and that's, and why? Because that's, we feel now they're, you know, as we're tasting, they're getting more and more, um, interesting and intricate, um, and complex, um, where some of them are being deemed for such, but at the same time, you know, we're up against single barrels from brands that have just been around for three years, but they have a five-year-old single barrel. You know, so that's ultimately, that's the question. That's where the the question lies, or at least my question lies is I'm like, what are you actually buying? Are you buying something that's brand branded properly or in in high, you know, in highly coveted or are you, you know, or is it, are you the maker? Like we are the maker, Mm -hmm. you know, we make this, you know, so our single barrel program isn't going to be as prominent as someone else's, you know, because you don't don't have the head start. Correct, but do we want that head start? I think the pen- our head start is back to your point, Jake. Is our core? That's our head start. Right, right. That's your focus, and our finish line will always be that. Okay, 
But uh, in between, we're going to treat you to something like kind of like keep that buzz coming out, you know, and get that, that, that anticipation of who we are, mm-hmm. you know, alive and well. Yeah, I think it just depends on well, a, what the consumer is looking for, obviously. Mm-hmm. It begins there. B, there's not just people buying whiskey and sticking a label on the front of it and calling it their own. There's obviously a lot of a, a naughty term back in the day, rectifiers. Now it's kind of known as more of a positive term because mm-hmm. people are doing really great blending people that distill out of your space right. and do awesome work when it comes to choosing the barrels that they're uh, maybe transferring the liquid from after a couple of years inside of and doing new products with those whiskeys um buzzard rooster was in the program last week or two weeks ago and with what they're doing about um their toasted program and choosing charring barrel retoasting barrel heads or i think even recharring barrel heads might get that wrong but the transferring of the liquid into different kind of casts to do to do more work with the MGP whiskey that they're they're purchasing, just like everybody, so many other brands out there. Yeah. So it, it it goes along that there's a lot of steps along the way, and I mean I totally understand. Like we come from two different two different brands that had the same ethos as, and we're not going to sell any product until we've ate, we've distilled it, barrel aged it for the whatever amount of time that distillery chooses to um to do for until we release any product of that's that has our name on the label and it's not going to, none of it's going to be sourced. It's I, I I'm, I've kind of, I've, I've come over <laughs> to understanding the, uh, the sourcing of whiskey. When we were both at Cobol, I think we just were in the mindset. We we're such a myopic mindset of like, if you don't do it yourself, you're doing it wrong. But that a lot of that had to do with lack of transparency. And that was seven or eight, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, where, Right. Then that's changed a lot. Like, you know, with brands like Bardstown, um, putting everything on the label and other brands following suit in that presence and people saying like, I think what's Buzzard Rooster on their label? It's like they, they, they lend itself to being, it's not their whiskey, you know, yeah. very much present on front of the label versus other brands, um, hiding it, which tricked the consumer or maybe like they didn't even trick the consumer. The consumer didn't know they were being tricked. And then the consumer became educated along the way during this whiskey boom in the last decade, 12 years about, well, what does it mean to be distilled versus produced in the bottle? And now we're everyone who's buying single barrels for the most part, not everyone, but a lot of, a lot of that audience probably understands like who made this whiskey that's inside the bottle with this name on the label. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly. Yeah. I think the consumer is definitely, we, we've talked about this before, a lot smarter, a lot more educated, but that goes to, you know, how many of those people really are out there that are <clears throat> walking into a liquor store now mm-hmm. and like seeking out that single, single barrel. Like for the most part, I feel like people are going in they're buying the standard product of whatever, whatever whiskey they're buying. Maybe it's Castle and Key they go in, they want, they just, they want to grab the Castle and Key bourbon or the Castle and Key rye. And like, it takes like another step for someone to buy that single barrel, Mm -hmm. I think, because they need to one, be aware that it's a single barrel and it's something that's unique. And then beyond that, like how many times can you sell something like that to an average consumer? Right. Like you need the enthusiast to mm-hmm. be the one that is buying all these single barrels. And I feel like 
the enthusiasts have bought all the single barrels <laughs> right, and like, right, yeah, yeah. like everyone is at the point of like looking at their shelf and they're like, I have all the single barrels and like how many more of these can I put on my shelf? Yeah. Even if you can afford it, it's like, do I have the space for it? it that's my issue. Right. Totally. Yeah. Like I can't even put these things anywhere. This is one of three, four shelves I have. Yeah. I mean, like, we don't really keep a lot upstairs. I'm not allowed to. Um, And this is just all Star Wars shit. So, like, yeah. yeah. Well, I had even yesterday, uh, my wife said to me, she's like, I think I'm at the point where I'm going to have to give you an ultimatum. Oh. Because, like, you walk into our closet and they're, like, our storage, like, in our second bedroom. And, like, there's... All the shelves are filled with whiskey, and the floor is filled with whiskey. She's like, I think I'm at the point where I might have to, like, give you an ultimatum. And I'm like, uh, I get it. Like, Yeah. yeah. Start, start boozing. Bro. I know as a consumer, and I bought I bought a Westward single barrel the other day from Benny's. Oh, nice. Um, mostly because it was, like, $30 off. Yeah. And their whiskey's expensive. Yeah. So I'm like, is. oh, wow, like $45? Sure, I'll buy that. And I, I, mean, I love their whiskey, too. But that was probably two or three weeks ago. I think it's the last bottle I've purchased in like a month. Yeah. I just don't need more whiskey. But I've also come to the point where like, you know, you walk into a Benny's or you walk into GNS. I was just there the other day and looking at all their single barrels they have there. Um, and a few other places on a daily basis. And you're like, wow, gosh, I wish I kind of want that, that barrel or that was really good. And being at Malloy's, you know, last yeah. week, I'm like, God, Steve has a great collection, has amassed a great collection of single barrels, and I'd love to buy all of them. But I can also walk out of the liquor store now and feel at peace not having that bottle at home. I'm like, yeah, I'm, life will go totally. on. Life will go on without it. Yeah. I've still been drinking a lot less at home, too. So yeah. um, I hope you guys can tell. So. <laughs> You're not as shaky. And I it's also, true. you know, you mentioned that the, uh, the Westward was on sale. Yeah. And I feel like like you walk into Binnie's and all of the single barrels have been on sale for like a really long time. Yeah. Like Ours they're included. still yeah. on sale. Like they've been on sale for like two months yeah. at Binnie's, like most of the single barrels. Yeah. Like about five dollars off on average. I feel like that tells you something right there about single barrels. The interesting thing though is they're keeping buying. They are they do. Yeah. They, yeah. Have, they have they do. Literally three more Star Wars coming to the stores today, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I know they bought more Starlight. Um, oh, the, yeah. Like, I was told by the Starlight rep, um, distributor rep here, it's like, they had to cut Benny's off about how many they could buy. And they have 13, 14, 20, I don't know how many on the shelf. Yeah. I'm uh, so many. That divided by 50 stores. Yeah. 44. But they don't, 44. they don't only send them to the top 25 stores traditionally with a single barrel. So they don't send them to every store either. That's a lot. Yeah, if, they, if it's a brand they believe in, they won't send them to every store. They'll only send them to their top performing um, whiskey selling stores. Mm. Yeah, I mean it, it's. I mean, if you're hope I'm not giving anything away and gonna get like slapped on the wrist. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I'm be all right. Ugh. But it's it's a um, for for us. I know, sweet girl. And even for brands of past that I've represented, it it wasn't our our um, our marketing scheme, if you will. Your plan, reach or liquid to lips plan. It just wasn't. It was just something more about. Do you remember how many barrels you sold in like the last five months at Cobol that year? They were all the Ditkas and Garfields. Yeah, what eleven? Do one, two, 
We did. Tw- I think they did twelve a year. Dickens did twelve a year. They did twelve a year. Jeez. Mm-hmm. God. So I'm strange. Oh, sorry. No. Sorry. Com- com- collectively. Between Dickas, those two accounts. Between those two accounts, twelve. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So you probably sold like let's say five. Six. I would I would say three to Garfield's and the balance to Dickas because they use it in their house right. fashion. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? So. And those were our main single barrel customers back then. Back then. They we, had some, we had some businesses that bought single barrels from us and other things like that. Yeah. There's More some, like corporate gifts. And yeah, like there's some sure. text accounts back then. I remember mm-hmm. labeling those. Um, but that was basically all. I mean, because the product is already single barrel. Yeah, you know, everything market. is single right. barrel there, right? Yeah. It wasn't... So. It, <sighs> Was it a big win for you in the inside when you sold one? I don't remember. I mean, I got paid on it. Yeah. <laughs> you got paid? I, I worked got, it for free. I, got paid on, <laughs> I mean, I got paid on the single barrel sales. Yeah. I don't hear you. I mean, Mark Mark paid me out on those. He paid me handsomely on those, actually. Probably Good. the best single deserved barrel it. bonus that I've ever received, period, I'm, to date. Yeah, I'm still waiting for mine. Are you so... <laughs> It's probably still an escrow or some shit. <laughs> it's tied up. <laughs> uh. But it's um. I, I think no, was, uh, the reason why I asked that because I was trying to get a, f- a temperature gauge of how volume of right how yeah, much we were doing I back how much you were doing back then to to yeah. now because like you said I, I think this is a, where a lot of brands are adapting to what Castle and Key is doing. We're we're kind of trying to honor now single barrels with our best customers. Correct. Um, not so much saturate the market with them, which I think every brand could be guilty of mm-hmm. during in the last couple of years. I mean, if you're able to, right? I mean, yeah. It's just I mean, I mean, you can't blame the brands you can't for blame the brand for you know for oh, no, accepting no. The, the sale, but it's I won't take responsibility for that. As, <laughs> <laughs> as the person in charge of the single barrel program, <laughs> I mean, why would you? I mean, if you have them available. And you have requests for them. You're going to fill them. You're obligated to fill them. And it's part of my KPIs too. Yeah, and there you go. And yeah. if it's part of your KPI, then even more so. But it's it, but for me, it's it's not like a make or break KPI. No. They're like it's more like let's try to get like yeah. a dozen into the Illinois market every eight months or something like that. Whatever that's it might cool. be. And that's because we 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 have such large retailers here that you know they might buy three, they might perform well. Like, can we get another one before the end of the year for mm-hmm. O and mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it falls into, but. We're, we definitely built our single barrel program with the idea of like, let's value the top hundred customers. And I know Sean operates the same way at Pinhook. Um, so with you guys being like top 20 customers, how do you, how do you fulfill that now? Like, what is that? How do you measure that? So it's allocated by, um, so they allocate, say the 50 barrels that are going. I'm going to try a little experiment. Talk into this microphone and see what it looks like. Oh, sorry. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. Yeah. Go Wait, actually, no. No. Nope. Okay. Go um, I'm gonna get you a new microphone. I'll get. So it's. Um, You're not gonna get it. Actually. So the 50 barrel, like we have 50 barrels going out into the country today. Uh, not today, but just over this this next year. Now, not all 50 will sell, because there are just some markets that just aren't. Oh, can't just, support that it. Can't support it, or you know they just, you know, you. It'll be reallocated or put back into the lot. We're not gonna we're not gonna desperately find homes for these. Yeah, yeah. You know, because that just again goes against the intention of, of the program, and that's to reward. Um, but of the fifty, I can tell you that you know my my allotment of it was based on my performance in sales. As far as the overall, 
um, overall sales or volume of up sales per the year before. So last year, I only received uh, 10 barrels to sell in, within my markets. And this year, I received uh, 16 barrels or 18 barrels or something. No, 10, 10, 12, 16 barrels. So I got another six this year. But I also gained new markets. So that, you know, that those some of those go to those new mm -hmm. markets, you know. So it's, I like it because it's not, we're not slamming them. It's not asked of me to find homes for them. It's like, hey, if you have opportunity there where you find, where you seem, you know, deem fit for a, a selection, then, you know, put it down, yeah. you know. But, I mean, but yeah, I mean, Koval was, that was just more for our, call it our house accounts that we took care of. And then Union Horse, the single barrels, basically that came up really quick because of COVID. Yeah. That made up for our, the loss of on-premise business. Yeah. So we did, we did 12 barrels that year in Illinois. Hmm. To and I mean, would that make up our on-premise business? Yeah, hell yeah, it did. Considering what it was then, yeah. about what thirty-five yeah. cases. It was uh, actually the average anywhere between twenty-eight to thirty. Yeah, it was really weird. Hmm. Um, shit, I uh, one of the single barrels that we sold into Nebraska this year only produced fifteen cases. So, so when so. you guys are choosing those customers, how do you choose the barrels out of your uh, your warehouse? That's just um, those. That's on the sensory team. The sensory team goes in there and starts pulling samples. All right, here are the samples for the barrels that are up, uh, for that are deemed single barrel yeah. um, ready. And as we as we request kits, they're just randomly chosen. There's mm -hmm. not like all right, this one's got to go. This one, they're just random random okay. kits that are put together. Yeah, which I like because these barrels are coming from all over the warehouse. Yeah, they're not just coming from a single source, a portion of the place in the warehouse. They're coming from all over the parts, so it gives you a nice. So when you taste a kit of ours, you will get a barrel from each of the <clears throat> the um, parts of the barrel, like the the back, the front, and the middle. So you're tasting a little bit of everything. Sometimes it's on the first floor, fifth floor, third floor. Yeah, it's just a luck of the draw, really. Does your team look at like your numbers from 2022 and say? We sold more bourbon barrels. We sold more rye barrels at this age, at this proof. Should we try to um, replicate that for the following year because the customers enjoyed that and try to guess what the we, the audience might want yep. to consume from you guys? So we are only strictly rye barrels because our bourbon barrels are so minimal. Um, we will release a couple single barrel bur bourbon single barrels but that will be in the from home right just from the distillery and then <clears throat> for the rest of the markets those won't come online if at all until 20 <laughs> god bless you till 2025 <coughs> bless you so <clears throat> for us and even then it's gonna be a very very allocated amount of barrels that are going out so those markets that are performing will get first dibs or get first allocations of those hmm. you know so it's it's based on i guess it's I, I guess you can say it, it's a reward too on my end you know if i'm getting x amount of barrels you know and everyone else is getting shit <laughs> you know i mean i guess i'm doing something right if i were to get allocation mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. right so it's you know that's how it's at least i think it's fair i feel it's fair mm -hmm. 
So do you think, so do you feel that single barrels as a whole are on the downward projection? No, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. It's, it's all the talk. I mean, really? So, yeah. Every time. So, well, it's all the talk in my newer markets Interesting. where the single barrel craze is reaching. It's almost kind of grassroots. It's almost organic in a sense where, I mean, Illinois is. What market are you talking? We're talking like Nebraska. Ah, we're talking about, you know. So the neglected markets. The, the market goes mm-hmm. outlying markets that they're whiskey drinkers there, but they're not, to your point earlier, Chris, it's not a supported market. Yeah. Right, right. So right. there's no, not enough. Yeah, no boots in the ground there. No boots on the ground there. No nothing like Wisconsin, I think is a, is a, I think Minnesota, Wisconsin, that that little area is, is under underserved personally. You know, um, and I feel those are the more up and coming markets when it comes to single barrels. Yeah. You know, so. So do you think. At least in the Midwest. I can't speak to any other market. Do you think our conversation is too driven by being inside of a big city? Of like the. Because I mean, I don't. I feel like it's dying. What do you mean? I I don't feel like single barrels. Like the single barrels here. I think the single barrels. Call it in Chicago for for now. I think the single barrel craze is over. I'm not saying it can't come back, but it's obvious from where numbers just show it where. And Chris alluded to it how everything's on sale at your major retailer of single barrels. They still have a giant case and shelf of them. Right now, things are on sale. Yeah, they well, have been for a long time. Well, maybe they're making room for new shit. Could yeah, be. could be. But uh, I mean, because all these larger brands, the big six, when those single barrels are released, they're all released at the same time. Everyone gets overwhelmed. Hundred percent. Yeah. Come the fall, that's going to be that shelf space is right. And like I know, makers picks still sell like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Like those big brands still sell, but I'm just kind of thinking of my customers, and I'm not gonna name names. And the off premise that their barrels were selling out in a couple of weeks, a year or two ago, and now they sell. It takes months to get through their cases. Yeah, I think it just goes back to what I said, and just conversations that I have with people. Like, yes, people want those unique offerings they want the single barrel because it is something different every time they buy it but yeah i mean it's it's an overwhelming amount of them out there obviously in some markets yeah it's a different it's a different case Mm -hmm. and but just from talking to friends of mine and people that i interact with in the world of whiskey i feel it it just feels like a lot of people have the same opinion or outlook that i do it's just like i can't yeah i just can't keep buying these just yeah. because i've got three others I, i've got to open yeah, yeah like i don't need enough <clears throat> another name the brand like i don't need another single barrel from them because i've already got three yeah you know right and uh i'm guessing they're probably less involved in whiskey clubs too these people like yeah it's if they were in one if they're running one Definitely, you see the decline in numbers and participation, which either can be gauged through communication through whatever social media platform you're using, or just from the fact that you're buying less single barrels as a club than you were yeah. before the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, I think also just in general, the market, the way it's one of the things that I've noticed is that retailers aren't buying as much, period. Yeah. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And our on premise partners are buying more value. You know, hmm. so volume is on a decline and value and value is on an incline. Whiskey sales are up, though, yeah. this month, about 6%. So there still is a trend of people are buying whiskey, mm-hmm. but maybe, like you said, just not in the heaviest just not in bulks. The, correct. Just not in the uh, 
the bigger buys, if you will. Yeah, and I mean, this is this is a lot that's being gauged based on personal numbers from what I do with my mm-hmm. job. But in, in talking to other brand ambassadors and sales reps and people from across the entire country, because we had that network available to us. But like for me, I've had, I think it was, I was actually just doing our single barrel kind of charting out and recap and mm-hmm. gauging what we had available and what we needed to get uh, get unloaded. And we had five clubs in about the last eight months or two a year back out on single barrels they committed to. Yeah. A couple already at the distributor. Mm. So brought, because what we do with our single barrel program is that we project our numbers. So we bottle all of our single barrels um, from Australia before the year and ship a certain amount of those over to our importer in the oh, U.S. Okay. So like everything's already bottled and labeled and we just make like a special sticker or label if they want to do that. Gotcha. Um, that's enough to be approved by the TTB. So they're already here. And so when a club's like, hey, yeah, we want this single brew, we tasted these out, we put the PO in to be brought from our importer to our distributor, wherever that might be in the country. And that takes a few weeks usually to get through. But like we've had two show up at the distributor and the club's like, yeah, sorry, we're not buying it anymore. And you're like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, um, I'm in a predicament because <laughs> there's a thing called taxes and space. Um, yeah, and I'm so like you know I've thought that other brands happen. I know I think Steve brought it up on a podcast maybe when we were doing the single barrel pick for Pinhook, how he said some clothes back out. So it just it it, it just it's persistent. And I wouldn't say it's pervasive, but yeah. you know it's I guess there's some consistency to it across the country where clubs are just not participating at the rate they were over COVID, and that might be tastings and classes, but also consumerism when it comes to purchasing single barrels well i mean it's a much higher price i mean i've 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 invited would you sell a barrel to a club no love that love that the matt brown approach right now no (laughs) no and i've made it known i've gotten pro i'm like nope would you do it if a retailer is like hey i want to buy a barrel and the club's buying half this barrel but i'm bringing the other half nope (laughs) (laughs) yeah Don't want the risk. Yeah. No, I don't. That's not who we are. It's not what we do. Hmm. No. It's, it's, um, to Matt, to Matt Brown's point, <laughs> they need to get their shit together before they can come to me with anything like that. But at the same time, we, we would listen to you and then we would politely decline the request. We're hospitable even when we say no. Well, so professional of you. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, what what does that do for them? Then what? I want to. That's what I want to ask these. Do for who? What does that do for them? The club. Yeah. What does that do? Does it gain you another thousand members, or does it gain you a couple hundred, or a couple more are going to buy instead of the same thirty five that do out of your club? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, what does that ultimately? What do you think that does for a brand? For the brand, or for the brand of the club? Both. What does that do? Does that kick you into the next? Is there is there a, a metal system that we are not aware of when it comes to whiskey clubs and shit? Yes. I just think the clubs do it because they want access. Yeah. Access to, to what? To the to that barrel, to that brand, and to be able to say we picked we picked a Castle and Key bourbon like okay. no one else has done it. Yeah. You know. Or, I mean, I, I get that part, but then yeah. what? Yeah. 
I don't think that many think beyond that. I don't yeah. think they have an answer. Just, yeah. That's where just I, they want to be. A, <clears throat> they just want to be able part. to say that they did it. They did it. And I, I, you know, and I get it. I really do because there's some purists that also is like we just. I love this fucking whiskey. And yeah. I, I want a barrel. And of I want it. a oh, barrel for sure. Of yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Cool. There's that a lot right. of that. There is some of those. You know, we've got a couple of those. Some. There are some of those. Yeah. And we've got a couple of those that come to the distillery and they do that. But at the same time, you know. I think we should get like a, a gaggle of market managers ambassadors together <laughs> and like go pick like a Buffalo trace barrel, oh, but like don't say anything about it and just go down there as a club and be like, yeah. what, what, what are you guys? We're like, Oh, we're the <laughs> Chicago market manager club. <laughs> They'd be very blatant about it. Like, what does that mean? Like, Oh, you know, it's, we're just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying, I, I say this without any, you know, angst towards clubs or anything like that but you know yeah, cause there are clubs there are some fantastic clubs that are very supportive yeah. of their retailer oh yeah, I was just gonna say they support the re- they you uh, know the ones driving the single barrels right. you know some some retailers yeah I oh, mean those sure. there are some retailers that really do um, gain uh, a lot of support from their you know from clubs and from the general public and that they there is really some award system because I remember one club posting <laughs> how they were the, the whiskey club of the year and I was really like, is there I because that's what I've always wondered well, I know like some of the, the some of the compi- some of the competitions now accept yeah. like single barrel picks by clubs. Oh, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. I know Ascot Awards does it. Ascot like, Awards so, does it. So you can send okay. your single barrel and they'll give you I mean, a double cool. platinum for it. Or yeah, whatever yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Is. I mean, I, I just know that there's time. I mean, and again, I, I say that respectfully towards them because I know it takes time yeah. to organize and maintain membership. And, it's not I mean, a full time job. Yeah, it's, it, it can be. It can be. Yeah, it can be. So I mean I respect all that, but when it really comes down to brass tacks, it just doesn't make sense for us, you know. Oh, I get it, especially if you're only doing twenty. I'm yeah, like you, we're not re- doing a lot, right? Yeah, twenty, forty, fifty, whatever. I mean, last year we were cut down a couple, you know, because we were, you know, we just realized it's like, man, we're not going to get through these, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can we? Sure. You know, but mm-hmm. do we want to? Yeah, I had that conversation with my boss the other day. Yeah. He's asked, you know, what independent retailers can we go out that we haven't reached in Chicago to sell mm-hmm. single barrels to? And I go, you know, I just don't think it's worth it because they're just not big volume customers mm-hmm. of single barrels in general. And it will look good on paper and feel good when we like, all right, another one out yeah. of the warehouse. But at the same time, like, where are we going to be in five months with that barrel? Are we going to be with our distributor being like, hey, get these cases out of here now mm-hmm. or here's the consequences yeah. if you don't um and he totally understands that we just have we have a heavier amount of barrels in stock in the u.s than we'd like mm-hmm. so it's like okay well how do we get rid of that? how we how do yeah. we blow through those this magical man named sean joseph doing a blending project <laughs> with us <laughs> that Hope, helps hopefully will be the one of the answers to well, that Well, i feel too that I mean, one quick note, and that's something I thought about, and I've been thinking about, um, and we talked about it, actually, in our retreat last week. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, it's it was fantastic. Um, More about like, what you saw from other brands, what they're doing. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah um, but get you your first, your whatever's on your mind. Yes. By the way, this <laughs> is okay. Have, this I is okay. Have, I may have, is this okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Because okay. I really want I want to try that, too, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why Chris is just sitting there. Just I feel that I, well, I want to talk about this. this oh, the single barrel. I we feel can we can single barrel selections. I think will elevate. Um, I think it, I feel it will become single blends. You know, like uh, hmm, proprietary brand proprietary blend. blending. Interesting. So you may go on a on a tasting, or you may go on a on selection, if you will. So more of the maker's mark approach. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe that'll that'll be the next thing. 
maybe. That, I could see it for sure. Yeah. It's just, well, but then how many brands have the availability that and the structure within built to that's support the, it? That's the beauty of it. Explain. That's the beauty of it. That's because now it really becomes. I put your money where the mouth is. Like this is going to be a blend. These three barrels we selected. Now you go blend it. It will cost more. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> it will cost a shit ton more. But I I, I feel that wasn't well, that what Sean's doing too. Yeah, know? he does yeah. the true small batches yeah. with. Oh, is that is that what it is? Okay, it's three barrel blends. It's a three barrel blend. Yeah. Oh fuck! Well, if I, honestly though, if I don't see any fucking money out of that company by the end of this year for this podcast, <laughs> the only reason why I did this is because during our retreat we we spent some time with our sensory team, um, mm. and um, they were like, "Well, let's blend." So they presented us with five different barrels. Um, they didn't tell us what they were. They, you know, and uh, each of us got to blend uh, our own blend, and yeah. then you know put it up to you know competition. You know? Yeah. So. Huh. So I, I, guess, I think, like, it, I think know, it's a is, great idea. This is really cool. You yeah. know, this is really cool. To you do know. something like that, though, I feel like that's got to be, that's a difficult sell. Like, you have to be selling that to, like, Binnie's or Total yeah. Wine. or like, Which is why I feel now you're going to root out all the problematic things that we've dealt with yeah. in the single barrel era yeah. that we've been living and still will continue to live through and, and work through. I feel this is something that will really really put you know a little bit more money in everyone's pocket but a little uh-huh. bit more notoriety under your belt if you will have, that's what you're looking for to do have i ever told you guys that's my ultimate goal with our single barrel program what's that do the blending hmm. for the customers to do for their the blending. Customer to do their blending yeah um which would take a lot of time some it, it's expensive some, manu- some maneuvering yeah it's expensive it's well, gonna be fucking expensive yeah, as yeah. Shit. try having a distillery ten thousand miles away right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um our goal was like my goal i guess and it kind of became our team's goal was that we would have customers go blend their own twofold as yeah. a single barrel oh that would be cool yeah yeah a single barrel's worth but blending three things. Well, that's what Bob and Aaron did at, at Fountainhead with uh, oh Glenn Farkless. Yeah, I was going to say with and their scotch. They took three different Glenn Farkless barrels, right. blended together, and they just dumped the rest of it back into the vat to be regular blend. So that they got oh, the barrels see, that's worth. That's a little different than what Pinhook is doing. Like right. Pinhook is doing a, a true small true batch, small which batch. is amounts to three barrels. Correct. Right. So they give you like six to choose from, mm-hmm. but you're coming away with three. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Which yeah. I okay. think is what we're going to be doing with Mr. Joseph's. I will not say his name, uh, <laughs> full name anymore, um, for our project. I think that's what he wants to do is like a full blend of like 30 casts. Oh, shit. To create the Star Wars. The Pino whole collaborate. batch is going to be 30, 30, 30 I, barrels from 30 worth? barrels? Or, and like. Like I might give him 40 and he chooses 30 and how he'll blend it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. We have been. He's got a lot of whiskey. Like I said, it's like expensive. I said, ten thousand miles away, but it's expensive. Yeah, that's all the whole point of it. It's not not the whole point, right? Because even like when you're at Makers, they probably saw three other groups before we were in there yeah. that day. Sure, at least. Yeah. I mean, there's I, a. I mean, Old Forester, you have a it's churning two, through there two year waiting list just to pick a single barrel. Really, at Old Forester. I didn't know that. Last that's week. wild. That's what we learned last week. Yeah. Huh. Didn't know that at all. Peerless, also, uh, the time that we spent there, which I really, truly admired, because mm-hmm. um, they, they do big things out of a small space, if you yeah, will. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, I was really, really impressed with that, and side, and then it's their single bell program also. Yeah. It's like, we're not, that's not our game, but 
if we happen to have one and you want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good segue to Perfect. what to we're Pierce. drinking. We, yes. Here. And this is an example. I brought this for us to try today because I think this is a cool example of single barrels and mm. how, you know, they could be, how it could be done a little bit differently if, if things are changing, if single barrels are declining, mm-hmm. which I don't know if they are, but this is like a distillery exclusive. And they, Peerless, the master distiller, picked this one mm-hmm. and they put it on the shelf at the distillery only. And they usually have like, you know, a few ryes, a mm-hmm. few bourbons when you go and visit there. I think this is a cool way to do the single barrel. It's a little, it's exclusive. It's been handpicked by the distillery. Yeah. It's only mm-hmm. available there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I these are the things that, those are fun. I want yeah. now. Like this these is, are the types of things I want. Like this is I don't, truly unique. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to walk into Binnie's and pick from the fourteen single barrels <laughs> that they have from one particular distillery. I yeah. want to go to Peerless and I want to see. Yeah. They handpicked. They thought that these mm-hmm. were like the cream of the crop mm-hmm. that they had and they put on the shelf. Like this is the stuff that excites me yeah. about single barrels right now. I this agree. is really cool. The one got away from me the last summer. Ultimate, yeah. I, I remember you talking about that. Really? Uh, yeah, it was fucking delicious. Um I fortunately gotta try it twice because um uh Tim, single barrel snob, had a bottle over at, at the store. Yeah, at Evergreen while he was there. And I was talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, I think my wife and I can go back and buy that bottle. He's like, you should because it's really good. And he pulled the bottle out of his bag. He's like, we were drinking this last night with some friends. And there was like this much left in it. You know? <laughs> so we tasted there. And of course, we went back to go buy the bottle. And they were closed on Sunday. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but I agree, Chris. I mean, these are the things that truly add to the anomaly of what a single barrel can be. And especially where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, and to peerless credit, we also offer single barrel selections out of our distillery that are that are selected by our sensory team. I love that. <clears throat> and I think it's so awesome. And there are you'll know that they are because they're the only ones with the black label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's been really cool. And then be on the lookout. Hopefully, early to mid August. Oh. Autumn slash fall, autumnal. Mm. You'll see the first of the bourbon picks. I love a good autumnal hug. Story. So it's that's sweet. Yeah, but this is this, this is so good. Delightful. This is really good. What I like too is they like they name each. Yeah, girl. that is so cool. So I, this one is called too. the Nightcap. The Nightcap. And then they put a you know a few little tasting notes on here, yeah. and it it has the master distiller's name on it, selected by Caleb when he was yeah. still there. But it gives you like malted sugar, leather, and fresh herbs mm-hmm. to give you an idea of like mm-hmm. what you're, what you can expect from it. Do you get coffee out of this? I get espresso, yes. Yeah, yeah. But espresso, like chocolate covers, espresso beans. Yeah, like the, more the bean, like mm-hmm. sucking on the, the bean. actual bean. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is fantastic. It's, I. That's another thing that I really thought was just so personable, and again attributes so much to what Peerless is doing is that the fact that they take it to an extra per, you know personal level by naming the barrel. That's that's, yeah, that's actually that's cool. pretty cool as hell. Which also, if any fans are out there and want to help us name our single barrel with uh, Steve Malloy, our pinhooks picked, um, oh. we're looking for names. Yeah, the eight-year. Inspiration. The eight-year. Uh, so there's no name to it yet? No. Um, Chris and I and Steve were texting about it. I started drafting a little idea this morning. 
but I don't know. Did I taste that when we last met there, Steve? Probably not, because you were. That's that sort of that, sample that was there. A day Small that... sample. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know. You I don't can't have that. much of it left. No, it wasn't much yeah. to begin with. But if you're a fan of Pinhook, God damn it! So I, I'm honestly pissed off. I'm saying their name so much. Um, <laughs> it was we had what. Uh, red vine, cowtail, caramel. Uh, red vine candy. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. We all had kind of the same notes on it too, which is That's interesting. Fun. So yeah. Like there. the cowtails, you know. Those, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, the caramel with the, yeah. the cream in the middle. Yep. Yeah. Hell so yeah. I was thinking, like, have you ever looked at the cowtail uh, logo? Yeah. The box it yeah. you know comes in the with the cow on it. Yeah. It says and it says like cowtails on it. I was yes. thinking like maybe put like ponytails. I like oh. it. Yeah, and then putting like, but, but using like that orange color and kind of making it look the box. Okay. Yeah. I'm a Some, fan of that. Something like that. So ponytails. Yeah. But you're the only one that wears a ponytail. I wear a man bun. Oh, oh pony! But it's pony. It's pony. Pinhook. Pin 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 Sorry. Yeah, just, yeah. Sorry, just hit me. Not tail, as in like, but more tails, <laughs> as in like you're telling a story. Uh, the sip of the night capped it that to me. Because that's what theirs is. It's T A L E S. No, I love it. Yeah. Um, That's actually fun. Yeah. It is. It's a great It's a fun one. Ponytail is a great one. Welcome back to the Pinhook Podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope his his Achilles is coming along. Yeah. Everybody stretch out there. Yeah, stretch. Seriously. I'm playing pickleball this weekend, so I got to stretch. There's new courts over in uh, West Loop. Oh. So we rented a court for the afternoon. Fun. That'll be interesting. Fun. Hopefully to come out injury free. Yeah, nice. my sister loves that shit. She's like into it now. Yeah, I have yet to play. Bernie didn't believe me. I, t- I told her I played it in high school all the time. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. No one believes me. I tell him that. Really? Yeah, we played it in high school in PE. Pickleball. Huh. So pickleball is not a new thing. No, is I think it was saying? developed in like the seventies. No shit. In Seattle, actually, Bainbridge Island, where Dave lives. Huh. <laughs> is the home of pickleball? <laughs> yeah. The home of pickleball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's. Fits right in for things him. you should wait. Know. War games. What War. was the name of that island? That the movie? Yeah, like in the eighties. It was also off the coast of Seattle. Oh, I don't remember. I've only probably se- I don't I don't know if I actually ever seen War Games. What? Come on. I was like bro. I wasn't Matthew even born when it came out. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh no. man, I could play some pickleball. I, my PE teacher had a wicked serve. It's like, it's yeah. I mean, I've watched it. It's interesting. No, this looks like hitting a big oversized it's ping like, pong. I think you could drink some whiskey and play pickleball at the same time. Ooh, I don't know. No, well, yeah. we could find out. We need to find a we find a dill tasting <laughs> whiskey, which now we all know is not a good whiskey. <laughs> whiskey but, pickle. But uh, yeah, <laughs> what about some dill olive oil. Mm. How was that? Delicious. I'm actually, I'm actually um, um, infusing dill in some of our vodka. Try to do it at home. Yeah, trying to do like a lighter version of a Bloody Mary, if you will. Oh, yeah, that's a good that idea. Delicious. Do you do a lot of Bloody Mary placements with your vodkas and gins? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Actually, we're doing Bloody Mary Fest this Sunday in Highwood. I don't know where that is. Yeah, it's up north on the North Shore of Chicago. We between it's Highland too fancy Park, for me up there. Highland Park and Lake Forest. You would be amazed. High Highwood is a stopover for the uh, old, you know, the sailors down the street from uh, Great Lakes Naval Base. Mm. They'd stop in in Highwood because Highwood has, I guess, like the more bars per capita. But it's a very small town, so mm. of course. Mm. Um, but it's a strip 
on both sides of the train tracks, the uh, uh, the north, uh, the upper north of uh, metro system, hmm. and both sides you got bars and restaurants. You can't go wrong. So check us out on uh, in the park over there on Sunday from ten to five. It's gonna be pretty <laughs> fucking weird. A Bloody Mary fest from ten to five. <laughs> Nothing what I want to do. Go more, wrong. What could go nothing wrong? Nothing I want to do that. more than drink a Bloody Mary at 3 p.m. on an August afternoon oh, in Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see us going, getting past one o'clock with people like, all right, we're done. You know, maybe you know, 10 o'clock in the morning when we start. Yeah, for sure. It was like uh, Miller's after whiskey, church whiskey yeah, festival. He had a, at a Lincoln Ave or Roscoe Villa. Oh my god, yeah. It poured like the Lincoln, fr- yeah, Lincoln Avenue. It yeah, it lasted for like an hour, then downpoured for an hour, and then. Um, yeah, and Roscoe, well, hmm? hamburger, right? Was the burger? Was it that burger? Was it burger thing? Fest? Was yeah, I think it was. Burger it was, fest? was it, uh, or Rib Fest? No, it was, I don't think it was Burger Fest. It was just Lincoln Avenue. Lincoln, yeah, Lincoln. Taste fest. of Lincoln. Taste of Lincoln. There yes. we go. And then they did another one in Roscoe. I yeah, that's burger. F- yeah, yeah, disappointment. Yeah, very big disappointment. There's never any good actual burger places there, Mm-mm. so mm-hmm. I'm not really sure they call it Burger Fest. Yeah, a lot the, of the street the festivals in Chicago, in Chicago are kind of falling off. Although Wicker Park Fest was great this year was it well i found out um that they use wicker park fest essentially as like a feeder system or a triple a system if you will for Lollapalooza bands no shit yeah so a lot of the bands that play there are either playing on a small stage of Lollapalooza or they're testing them out to play on a small stage for the the next year that's cool yeah so you hear some pretty good music all throughout the day oh wow yeah that's awesome this band uh, post sex nachos (laughs) <laughs> Always love those um, post sex nachos. I would say a derivative of like sounds messy fish oar, but <laughs> like also a little like minus the bear with their guitar riffs. Um, if you're a minus the bear fan, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, yeah, good good stuff there at at uh, Wicker Park Fest. Still doing it. Mm. Still doing it. That's crazy. It's I I can't tell you the last time I went to Wicker Park Fest. Let me tell you the last time I went two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it, single barrel re- distillery release opposed to single barrel public release i mean these are the things that i'm personally like these are the things that i get into now like that i want now i'm not visiting distilleries all the time right. but that's like, why when, when i go in <laughs> when i go into a distillery like if i see something like this this is like these are the types of things I want to pick up. Like I'll spend my money on this because, by the way, these aren't cheap. Those at, are not cheap. No, over, distillery over a hundred. That was bucks. my hesitancy. Why I didn't yeah. buy it the first time? Then Those are one twenty nine, one forty nine. They're always like <laughs> one thirty. They're always more than what a single barrel would be yeah. because they're always more expensive at the distillery. But like they're quite a bit more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I'll pay one twenty nine or whatever for this. Mm-hmm. You know, once or twice a year if I'm yeah. Visiting a distillery. That's where, like, I, I always take That's my, cool, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally will be happy spending that. I forget to tell myself I'm on vacation when I'm at distillery sometimes because it feels like work, you know? Yeah. Uh. Even though you're just like, going on a tour, yeah. Um, but and that's why I didn't buy that barrel the first time because it was our first stop on the Bourbon Trail when Brittany and I were down there last June. Capital was our first stop, and we had this amazing single barrel. Like. All right, we're gonna try a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, you're like we're gonna. We'll, we need to drop one forty yeah. at the first place, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then it's like 
two days later, you're like, yeah. I just, we're both still, still thinking, thinking about, about it. Thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. But that's when you know it's like, right. yeah, maybe we should yeah. go back and get that. That's what we did, yeah. and then it was close. But, it was um, close. Yeah. Exactly. So you get there like, oh, all right, Sunday morning, and yeah. 11 o'clock. Uh, don't open. Stop on the way. Stop yep. on the way. Exactly what it was. Stop on the way out because you're feel, right there. But I feel that's it. why these um, distilleries are opening up on Main Street there in Louisville. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just like, hey, last chance. That's <laughs> yeah, before that Main Street is yeah, be, a huge revival going Yeah, on. before you get back, before you but, get to, on that I mean, airplane, last chance, we I, have a shop downtown. Absolutely, and I think with how much of space is still available downtown plus Nulu, there's just open open capacity there for is. anything to happen there with the, with yeah. distilleries. I mean, any distillery that's outside of Louisville or, you know, maybe doesn't have a, a tasting room close to downtown mm-hmm. in Louisville proper, like, there's space to have there. Yeah. I mean, there's there so space. much availability. Well, yeah, Bardstown's opening up mm-hmm. supposedly this year. This year. Sometime. Uh, Buzzard Roost. Buzzard Roost is open now. Per- Pursuit United is opening oh, up. Oh, I didn't know that. Space oh, yeah. On, oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw that. That's Whiskey right. Row, Heaven's Door. They're not going to be on Whiskey Row, but like a block or two yeah, off of Whiskey Row. They're opening up like they bought like a church. They bought an old church. Oh, yeah, cool. And they're opening yeah, up like a very perfect, cool. That's dude. perfect yeah. for the brand. There's yeah. a lot of like that's. By the way, you, they just emailed me yesterday asking if they want to do a live cocktail making podcast. Sweet. Yeah, because that's cool. Yeah. Audio <laughs> and making cocktails. Yeah. Interesting. I, we did an ESPN hey, uh, if you want, spot to do hey, in Nebraska. If you, if you want to do it, we called it. If you want to do it, Iowa. I love it. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so good. <laughs> if you want to do it, we'll do it. We'll bring them in. But um, we actually we just opened in the Omni Hotel. We have a retail space slash tasting space. That's right. Castle and Key. Castle and Key. Yeah, we yeah. just That's opened cool. up. Yeah. yeah. And, but not on Main Street, of course. Yeah, but it's super close. Yeah, super close. We're so going to open you're... one up, too, as our American location. That would be cool. It would Is be that cool. true? Seriously. No, it's not true. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, we, cons- me there, but we considered, you know, one of those, dilap- you know, to Buzzard's Roost. Um, uh, yeah. We just, something off Main Street, maybe not on. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just time and all that, you know. Uh, but I felt, but the immediate pool you get from your hotel and is it in that the omni it's right on second and yeah. but is it in that space that was a would, they had like a retail location oh, there was there. already yeah. there. and then i saw that it was closed Correct. the last time i was down there is it in that space so the last time so there's two spaces there's one that's like a little bit more inside the yeah, hotel yeah, it, that's not the space okay i that was the space i had hoped for yeah but it's more uh traffic foot traffic of um Facing, which is why they chose. You can it. see it from. You can see. It yeah, from I know the exact the spot you're talking. Oh, okay. About. I thought yeah, you were yeah. talking about because there's a space on the inside yeah, yeah. that I really thought spoke hmm. to our aesthetic, but it wasn't, you know, visible visible from the street or from the sidewalk or. Do whatever. you think more projects like this? Um, you mean like the Peerless project? The Peerless project yeah. having a single barrel at the distillery is going to have to become a mainstay for distilleries because the tourism is ramping up. Well, I feel it, it, yes, because now distilleries have made the investment to become a destination mm-hmm. more than just a distillery. Yeah. Um, you need to offer something. You need to offer something different. Right. I mean, I can get this shit from the fucking, you know, Absolutely. You know, liquor store down the street from me. But if you're telling me that this is the only place I can get it, I'm in. Yeah, because like Still Austin That's does. Me. The, I'm in. Still Austin does the Nancy picks every three months or so. Okay. I can't remember what it is. They have one of her picks choices that she chooses a barrel. Oh, I buy that all day long. Yeah, they're fantastic. Whenever you try, it. You, well, you do realize that we like 
I don't say we invented this, <laughs> but we were doing this seven years ago. We were. Six years ago. We were. Um, it's cool, though. Um, yeah. It's still cool. But we were doing one-off projects, only selling through the store, and mm-hmm. I'll, we'll take credit for it. Um, I'll give us credit <laughs> for it, put it that way, because we're, we're two people that don't give ourselves enough credit. Um, we were doing this at Cove all years ago, and we would we do were. blending projects and one-off projects like let's do it specialty for the store mm-hmm. we would post it on instagram or facebook mostly facebook back then, facebook then. Yeah. and we just like it's like hey we have a hundred bottles of this come get it and yeah. people would come over the weekend and yeah. basically be sold out over time it was amazing it was really cool it was a lot of fun to do i still have one blend from F- phil's blend wheat mm, wheat it's a six-year-old wheat mm. and a four and a half year old toasted rye barrel that no. Phil wanted to get, yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. It was really good. Um, there's only like good. I want to say there's only like 112, 120 bottles made of it. I drank one like right after yeah. I quit pretty quickly. I saved one and I gave one to my nephew for his for his birth. <laughs> Here <laughs> you go, kid. That, yeah. <laughs> Wait till you try this. Should probably check to see if it's still there. Good job, uh, this, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but my, yeah, we should just open up and drink it because I finally I finally revisited Koval whiskey wise not the actual place for the first time just the core products the first time uh about a month ago yeah mm. since we left yeah. it wasn't good <laughs> <laughs> i have thoughts but i won't express them well i mean Legally, look, i cannot look, speak I, no it wasn't because of the brand sorry <laughs> it was because the bar i was at mostly oh okay. um, that makes sense. We're, well i was already in my cups too um <laughs> but we got to order my friend and i and he drinks everything on the rocks which is fine. Yeah. Um, and so they filled two glasses up with rocks because he ordered yeah. Koval rye. And it's like the small ice cubes. And she filled it up like a rocks glass the whole way. Oh, my God. And then we're like, she starts free pouring. And we're like, oh, okay, that's fine. We'll make up for it that way. <laughs> but didn't even pour an ounce into each one. <laughs> like, just please use a jigger because that way we at least get an ounce and a half. We yeah. know what we're getting. It, yeah. And it, it just tasted, it was just all water. Ugh. So it wasn't necessarily the whiskey. It was, Sorry to hear yeah. that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's funny to think like how little brands. I think it goes back to Zach's point on our podcast. It was like the little brand, the smaller brands are trying more innovative methods and being more creative in their approach to making whiskey, selling whiskey, um, and it's that's been since the craft movement, the craft totally. boom. Completely. And then all the big guys Completely. end up copying them once yeah. it becomes a popular well, thing. They become like, wanting to be that, like American single yeah. malt out of our big distilleries yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, like that, I mean. The only reason they're making it is because it became popular because of Westward right. and Westland yeah. and McCarthy's and name mm. all the American yeah. single malt makers. Yeah. And then you have you know you have brand loyalty. We still have that generation oh, that's yeah. still alive and drinking. That's and, thousand percent. I mean, that's why that six percent in I mean, sales is increase of whiskey probably predominantly from that from, from that loyalty. Right? How what, what was it? What were you know major brands up in sales over COVID when small brands were down forty percent? How high were they oh up? I can't remember the exact it was number. Christmas all year around. Yeah, for yeah, for a year. You know, plus. but it was Christmas for us too. Personally, I feel. In a way, well, that's the single barrel movement. That's what it was. You know, that's a couple of ornaments on the tree or a couple of packages underneath the tree was Mm -hmm. for us. You know, pushed to the side Mm -hmm. and the very back behind the big ones. But uh, (laughs) still there, though. We're still there. Still under the tree. Still under the tree. It's like, you know, we we still got to unwrap something (laughs) and indulge for a split second, you know, with a small, thin veil of wrapping paper. Um, That was our treat, and now we're just kind of coming back to reality, I feel like. Yeah, I I feel we are coming back to reality, but at the same time, to Zach's point, um, we have the space to be creative. 
Right. You know, we 100%. have the space. We're not losing market share because of it. The big guys have to worry about that. They need to worry about their brand loyalists. They need to worry about yeah. their shareholders or there's other things that are, I mean, I don't know. I'm speaking just no, you're, freely. You're right. You're right. But you know, there's, they don't have the space to fuck up. No, I, um, I was talking, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah, I was talking, really don't. I was talking to a person that used to work in marketing for a major label whiskey labels um <laughs> and we'd have this conversation between maker's mark and jim beam why maker's mark was still was so stuck in what they produced on a daily basis and why jim beam was was not afraid but available to stretch out and do not necessarily favorites for people like us but like do the flavored whiskeys yeah um try like things like reg red stag all, that, stag, all that kind yeah. of stuff yeah because that's built into the foundation of the distillery from Booker who already had this experimental batches of Knob Creek. You buy brands like old, old granddad and you do mm-hmm. bonded, you do a hundred proof, you do one fourteen. you try different things, what you have versus makers is like, we make makers. We do yeah. one thing. And then we tried something else. Yeah. And our fans got pissed off. At yes. Us. And they got we're, mad. We're like, it, it's, it's kind of built into the fabric of the brands. Like mm-hmm. there's X, there's the main, but there's also exploration versus like, there's one thing we do. That's correct. So you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Like it's, and then you see the, you can see the, the crying out of the people that are like, they don't give us back what we want. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. I mean, uh, parking. Was... Ah, well, that's, that's a good warning for parking. And we can kind of close it up because I know we need to go see some accounts and do things with our lives. But I also do feel that, you know, it's um, important one of the things that we're trying to do, or at least I try to do is to talk with two ex- microphones, extend, <laughs> extend that, that experience that we provide, you know, at the distillery yeah. and market. Right. At least you try to mimic as, as close as possible. Um, but you know, obviously you don't have everything at your, at, you know, at your uh, fingertips to do so. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if anything, the story alone allows you to gravitate over to the table or to a, a bottle of it on the, you know, once you pick it up, you know, yeah. I, I just, it just, it really pains me to know when people just don't buy something, you know, or at least taste it, you know, what, what does that, you know, cost you, mm. you know, just the mere taste of it, the mere smell of it, you know, it's, that's one of the things that I find that foundationally we have, we need to stick to mm-hmm. which is to to the whole makers thing they stuck to it yeah you're right we tried something different we fucked up sorry <laughs> well, they have again. started to branch they out have, though, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure it just took them sorry that whole point of that story was that it just took them a lot longer took them a lot well, longer. in this exactly. modern this modern stage of whiskey versus mm-hmm. a brand that already had the identity built in right about exploration which taking risks which then we now have these brands like the newly acquired blue uh, blue run the mm-hmm. prior to that the penelope you know, it, it those are examples of such, you know, so it's like, kind mm, of, you know, it's like, where are we really going? As a consumer, do you care? Or are you, as as me as a competitor, you know, because that's a, what we as are. As a consumer, you shouldn't care because you're going to get more of what those brands now. There's sure. more availability. But they will be coming at a price of some sort. Probably cheaper. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe not as often, you know. Maybe or will well, be... I think the price is less less creation, less risk, would be price my assumption. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, it, in, I'm not going to say anything because this is off-air conversation that we kind of know the contracts of some of those 
and mm. you know that risk and that v- risk of vulnerability um is built in for a couple of years but then it's gonna be gone mm. yeah so i think that's where that's that's the cost where does the, where's that brand when you get like all these different things that people love about them as in blending and finishes and all that kind of stuff does that run dry maybe it kind of becomes more just like here's eight core things we do they sell the best so let's keep doing those keep doing those yeah i suppose you suppose i mean yeah i mean because uh, it speaks to the core well, do you think, do you mean by like, you should, I wish you, I wish you would taste this, I wish you would just try this, there's no risk in that. Is that consumers, is that buyers, GMs you're talking to or about? Because. Well, I mean, it's approached, different, I mean, ultimately it's, it's going in the decision, whichever decision's made, whether uh-huh. it be on the consumer end or from the buyer's perspective end. Yeah. Ultimately it's going to end up in someone's glass and or mouth. <laughs> I mean, Let's ultimately, hope. you know, that's the so goal. I mean, it's, it's going to end up exactly where we want it. And that's into the consumer's hand and, or their experience wherever they've had that. Yeah. Cause the thing I, when you say that I was at a very prominent whiskey bar in America, that's recognized as probably one of the top 50 whiskey bars in America traditionally. Mm. And the new buyer, I've been in there a few times. They never had carried us. I was like, I'll try it again. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Seems like a nice guy. Now, someone who has a bourbon, rye, scotch, new world whiskey section, world whiskey section, I should say, mm-hmm. never heard of Star Wars. And like, is that my fault or is that his fault? Exactly. And it's probably some both there, but I'm just thinking like, you've never heard of this brand and you're the buyer for... Yeah, I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Like, if you if you're a is that too much hubris for me? I don't think so. I no. think if you're a whiskey buyer for like a major I'm not, it's whiskey a, bar, this like is a major whiskey bar, you should have your finger on the pulse of like pretty much everything that's happening in the world of whiskey. Right. Like I don't. I, don't, I haven't tried every English brand, but I know them. <laughs> yeah. I don't necessarily the like them or drink yeah. them, but like I know yeah. them. And I don't drink. I drink ninety. Nine percent American whiskey, but I know about Irish whiskeys. Yeah. I know about if I said Australian M&H, whiskeys, you know about yeah, yeah, right. And I know about Scotch whiskeys just because, like, I'm just aware. Right, right. Yeah, I, I found that strange. Where it's like those are your gatekeepers. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree because because they do get to educate consumers. You and would hope they do. This place does. Okay, they do. And I'm like, oh, cool. You have like a local whiskey that's two years old, but you don't have like whiskey that's making moves in the world. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I mean, we kind of, yeah. When it comes to Star Wars, it's like, eh, you, I mean, we've kind of got some, we've kind of won some things and like people know about us. Yeah. It's not even that, like the awards or whatever, but it's kind of like there's confirmation that it's good. Exactly. There's confirmation, <laughs> of course. I don't Absolutely. know. It's it's strange. When you, that's the first thing that came to mind when you said about like don't be afraid to try. And, that, and to be uh, to be honest, the uh, that buyer did take a couple sample bottles. But when I emailed them three more times to ask if you tried them or if I could bring, you know, come by and like taste them out next to them in town, yeah. like never heard back from them. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, the games we play. The games we play. Well, um, I know we got to get going. Oh, I have to get going. I can't be late again for another meeting. <laughs> But um, good conversation. I don't think we solved anything, but we did talk about a lot of things. No, no. <laughs> it's never the point to solve anything just to talk about. 
Um, anything to promote, Wilson? Ah, other than yeah. your margarita or your Bloody Mary fest, <laughs> Bloody Mary fest on Sunday in Highwood uh, from ten to five. Um, free to attend. Um, no, just um, hey, just hit us up, hit me up, talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's taste it together. Um, Castle and Key. That's cool. it, Chris. Yes, uh, oh. Bourbon Charity is. Uh, we currently have our support our troops fundraiser underway right now. Nice oh. uh, through Labor Day. So visit uh, either Bourbon Charity. Yeah, just visit bourboncharity.org. The front page there will have a link to mm-hmm. the fundraiser. We've got some pretty epic uh, bottles uh, available as prizes, amongst some some other things. Great sponsor. Uh, Smoke Wagon Whiskey is sponsoring, yes. so oh, they've they've provided some some cool stuff. Also, uh, New England Barrel Company. If you're not familiar with mm-hmm. them, they're um, they're a supporting sponsor of this fundraiser. Two great charities are benefiting: uh, Canines for Warriors. They provide service dogs mm-hmm. to injured awesome. veterans, wow. and then uh, Fisher House Foundation, which is uh, kind of like if you're familiar with Ronald McDonald House. It's like a place. Uh, for veterans, uh, families to stay while the veteran is seeking medical care in a local facility. Um, and the Fisher House provides oh, housing cool. for, for the families. So two great organizations. Cool. Bourbon Charity is a 100% public donation charity. So that means every dollar you give to the fundraiser will be returned back to those two charities. Um, so check yeah. it out, bourboncharity.org. Sweet. That's awesome. Um, yeah, definitely support that out. It uh, goes to a great cause. Drinking for a great cause. Always. Absolutely. Potentially drinking for a great cause. Give us it. I think it's also part of our contract, Chris, too, to promote <laughs> Kentucky Bourbon Festival. <laughs> so uh, I'm promoting it right now. Um, September 13th to 15th. Hmm. Is that right? That sounds... Uh, September 13th, 13th through the 17th. 13th through the 17th Sporting? is the... Or it's 14th through the 17th. All right, let's go with those dates. Yeah, 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 that's correct. 14th through the 17th. In Bardstown, Kentucky. Yeah, Yeah. check it out. It's a great time. Chris and I are media. Nice. Nice. That works. Yeah. You're in. This is a media platform. (laughs) Duh. Duh, There it is. Yeah. Um, Cool. Go buy buy whiskey and drink whiskey, friends. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.